I think there's a there's a misunderstanding that uh, Spanner Bumper isn't very gay. Like when I talk to people who live in LA or live in San Francisco or other parts of the country, uh, they actually think Santa Barbara is somewhat conservative and not very particularly gay friendly. Not that Santa Barbara has a reputation of not being uh, welcoming, but they don't really see it as very uh, as a very gay town. And I think um, as we see the the crowds of people up the Canary rooftop from for Pacific Pride Foundation at the pop up gay bar, um, we see the crowd at Wildcat on Sunday nights and uh, at, on Sunday mornings at the brunch and. Um, there's more of us in this town than I think we even realized. Hello, and happy Pride Month. You're tuned into KCSBFM 91.9 in Santa Barbara. I'm Daniel Vecias, and you are listening to the very first episode of our limited series, Pride of Place Santa Barbara. Pride of Place Santa Barbara intimately explores the history and lived experiences of Santa Barbara's LGBTQ community through interviews with LGBTQ organizations, activists, entertainers, and community members. For the entirety of Pride Month, new episodes will air every Thursday on KCSBFM 91.9 at 5 p.m. and will be released on our streaming platforms later Thursday evening, wherever you get your podcasts. For more information on this series and for archived episodes, you can always visit kcsb.org forward slash pride dash of dash place forward slash. That's kcsb.org forward slash pride dash of dash place forward slash. For LGBTQ plus people, community is essential. And what is community without gathering? To kick off the series, we explore the spaces, both physical and digital, where joy and belonging is cultivated. Caressed by the lush hues of the Santa Ynez Mountains and the deep blues of the Pacific Ocean, Santa Barbara is nestled on the central coast of California. With many LGBTQ people flocking to larger metropolitan areas across the state, Santa Barbara's LGBTQ population is much smaller in comparison. I think the the biggest difference is Santa Barbara is a small city um, mm. without any, uh, and I'm careful to say this, without any real discernible center of gay mm-hmm. social life. Um, that's not completely true, and I'm sure we'll get to that in a, in a few moments, but um, it, at least on, on the surface, it doesn't look like there's a, there's mm-hmm. a center of gay sexual life, LGBT sexual life. That's Leighton Jones, so that's a community member Santa and the Boston formerly Boston anonymous Boston account holder to at Gay Santa Barbara, an Instagram and Facebook account dedicated to the digital curation of LGBTQ plus events here in Santa Barbara County. Uh, it, it was somewhat selfish, actually, quite frankly, uh, a few months ago. Late last fall, um, there were a couple of events that were kind of gay focused that I only learned about either as they were happening or after they had happened. And I just didn't know they were going on. And I was like, oh, I would have gone to that if I'd known it was happening. Uh, and I was like, there's really not one place where you can go to that lists everything that's happening in the LGBT community in Santa Barbara. I kept complaining about this for a, a few weeks. And I was like, well, I guess somebody could do that. And then it ended up being, well, I guess I could do that. <laughs> I, I have a, a cohort uh, kind of uh, friend who does it with me. So there's two of us that um, curate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and curiously, for the longest time, we were not telling anybody, even people, close friends and ones, we were not telling anybody that it was us that was doing it. And even still to this day, we don't really advertise it's us that yeah. does it. 
Uh, and I think we like the fact that it's not because it isn't about us, right? That's yeah. the point. It's not the point that we're doing it. It's the point that of the stuff that's being posted. Having just surpassed a thousand followers on Instagram, what may seem like a small feat for some is a massive communal accomplishment for Jones. I think uh, people are seeing us more and more as like a place where people actually do go to to mm-hmm. find things out. And so because of that, you know, we get sent events or we get sent things that are happening, um, which does make it easier for us. It's, it's easier than going and finding everything, which yeah. is what we still do when we're doing exclusively at the beginning. Yeah. Um, so it definitely is, uh, yeah, people approach us now and say, you know, can you, can you help us promote this or can we work with you yeah. to, to do this event? So that's, um, that's a really nice uh, kind of development. Layton's digital curation of these events acts as a service to the LGBTQ plus community, whether out and proud or questioning. It's, it's quite easy to be somewhat anonymous on, on the online in the digital spaces, uh, which lends itself really comfortably to people who are questioning or are not out yet. I also think that um, because we post so many different kinds of events, you know, it's not just bar events or drag shows, it's also art exhibits or uh, lots of different things mm. that we're doing. It's all kind of gamut of, of things that are happening around town. Uh, I think it allows people who are maybe in that space of not being fully, um, fully comfortable with being out yeah. avenues to maybe explore that are a little less, um, uh, um, fully socially out there. So yeah. that kind of level of, um, of comfortableness, I think, uh, it shows the full breadth of what is available in town. With an array of events taking place throughout Santa Barbara, I set out specifically to find the pillars of pride that lift up our community by cultivating spaces where LGBTQ people can gather. I was not gonna do it. I was gonna leave that all in, in Milwaukee. You know, look, but I, I think the transitional periods are so awesome because yeah. you get to literally choose who you want to be um, and, and work toward that and put energy toward it. And so that's what happened for me. I was like, I don't wanna do drag. That's the old me. That's the Milwaukee me. This is Santa Barbara me, you know? So I thought I was going to leave it behind, but I had went to Wildcat and they had a gay prime. And I uh, just had got, um, I just got into uh, a friendship with someone, uh, one of my coworkers. And she was just so loving and, and beautiful. And she's like, let's go to gay prom. And I was like, Okay, whatever that is. <laughs> so I, I had some sequins uh, pants on. I had a little pussycat wig. And, um, it's always the pussycat wig. <laughs> it was always a little pussycat wig, you know. That's Vivian like, Storm, yeah, a staple of the Santa Barbara drag scene here and certified life coach. Not a pun, just a fact. The Milwaukee native arrived in Santa Barbara and revitalized their drag career in 2016 at Wildcat Lounge's amateur drag competition, Queen of Pride. I want to kind of give you a little bit more of that <laughs> history piece right please listen carefully the, the the first part of it is like yeah queen of pride happened i did that in 2016 and then i'm um, just kind of here and there gigging at wildcat and then somebody had something do, uh, going at uh, nectar which was uh formerly known as Bugabe, right so nectar contacted us and was like hey would you like to do a drag night um, on a Wednesday, I believe. And Wednesdays were amazing. Like we had this space, it was very tiny and little, 
we started off with like, I don't know, like five or six people um, just coming to see, uh, to come to see me and another performer. We had like two performers and then it grew to something like Wednesday nights were a thing, right? At Nectar for about a year, a year and some change, right? That stopped because he sold the, the, the business. And then uh, my friend at the time um, had said like, hey, I think I can talk to people at, it's called Music Alley right now, but it was called Velvet Jones before. Yeah, so we were at Velvet Jones and we did a show. I mean, it was spectacular, it had lighting and all of that. So it was like one of those things that like Santa Barbara has this, like something out of Vegas or something. And yeah. so we had a really good time in 2018. We had that for about like eight or nine months. Like it was long running, um, in my opinion, because everything dragged and short lived in Santa Barbara to me. And then that ended because, again, he sold the, the place to someone else and there was a misunderstanding and a lot of fallout. And so now to answer your question, yeah, what happened to um, us in the pandemic? Out of the ashes of various obstacles, Vivian remained determined and did eventually answer my question regarding the origin point of Glitter Brunch. Santa Barbara's premier drag brunch hosted by Vivian and her captivating co-host Angel Dimon, who you will hear from in just a moment. Literally, Angel, my uh, uh, co-host of Little Brunch, and uh, we partner on a lot of things. And the pandemic just brought us closer together because we were just hanging out all the time. And so we did videos for different organizations, like creative videos, uh, just all around uh, Santa Barbara and, and in our house with little backdrops and stuff. So we started doing that. And then we had a conversation with, the Wildcat owner and the promoter there too. And we was like, yo, just hear us out. Yeah, <laughs> We want to do a brunch. Let's see if we can do a brunch. And he was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if we can or whatnot, um, but let, let me just like work some things out. And so he mm -hmm. did it. Um, the brunch started off. I swear we have pictures with like about 10 people you know like it's <laughs> like 10 people come in and we was like well maybe we have to do this every other week because we don't know mm -hmm. um in terms of like doing drag and then dealing because we did like one number each it was like only us two yeah and then i was like let's just kind of evolve this let's get this going we did a fundraiser for wildcat before just to get people involved and in saving that place because that's the only place that lgbt folks really had at the time, you yeah. know, um, to be, to, to have a safe haven to be themselves or whatnot. So we wanted to say that. So we raised about $3,000, I believe for like the workers there, mm -hmm. um, because we wanted to keep them, you know, I know Vivian and I, we had a discussion that we wanted to start something for the LGBTQ community again, because mm. the pandemic hit everything shut down. So the, the queer community, I should say, didn't have that outlet where they can go out and have fun and be with each other mm -hmm. anymore. The, the insides were closed. So we decided, how about we do a brunch yeah. outside yeah. at Wildcat? And I remember starting off, we had maybe three tables <laughs> um, full of people, full of people, a party. There's three tables with only four people there. We were in the direct sunlight and we were wearing the clear masks and we performed and yeah. So we, we knew we had to just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. Born in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, 
Glitter Brunch began to blossom from its humble beginnings. The brunch literally before our eyes started to take off. We had no idea how, like, <laughs> but I think that people were like, at that point, when during the pandemic, y'all, during the pandemic, we had the little clear mask on. We had our mask on when we were doing the performances. We had a mask on. We were interacting with folks. So we took all the safety precautions and we just had no idea. Like drag is literally lip syncing, seeing yeah. how much you know that. And you have this big mass, this clear mass that fogs up like in front of you. Yeah. We did that for all throughout 2000, like later 2000, like I think it was uh, July is when we started 2020. And then we just kind of worked our way up. We had to take a longer break for yeah. that later part of the year i think mm -hmm. it was like started november and then we started back again in 2021 and i swear just like sold out sold out sold out sold out like the first like four or five shows and we were like yeah. uh andrew i think we got something good here you know yeah. little brunch has been one of our um babies that we are like yeah. very very proud of you know like yeah. that's that's the one that's like oh baby i bet this one's stuck. <laughs> finally came, you know, and, and let us see that, you know, that this is needed and wanted in Santa yeah. Barbara. But one of the things I like about being a queen and somebody who's come out of um, the life that I've had is that I know how to be resourceful. Yeah. That's the asset. It's uh, of being a product of where I'm from and how I live is that you see things not as hindrances, but as assets and the asset yeah. that I have is that I can make anything work, I do it. I can make anything work. Having experienced Glitter Brunch firsthand, specifically for reporting purposes, I found the atmosphere undoubtedly effervescent, an atmosphere that Vivian explains in detail. Well, how I describe um, Glitter Brunch is not, it's a drag show, and it is like, <laughs> like the queens are so fierce and so this, like, a lot of people do that, you know, mm -hmm. and that's cool. But one of the things that I wanted, one of the things that I live by is I want to, re I want to give what I didn't have. So everything that I create, I want it to be joy purposed and love purpose. Like the focus is joy and love and, and nourishment of the self. Right. And so with those things in mind, everything that I get the chance to create, um, I will hope that that is the the feelings that people have, right? I know that what people tell us, they they finally found their community or they, they finally were able to be themselves at Glitter Brunch mm -hmm. or um, a lot of people come up and say, hey, my my daughter or my son would come to Glitter Brunch and now they're engaged. Like they, they gained the courage to mm -hmm. propose and there's a lot of people that, uh, it, it's really heavy. It's a beautiful, I call it beautiful pressure because we have lots of people come up to Vivian and I and say they are terminally ill mm. and coming to Glitter Brunch is the only thing that brings them joy. Yeah. And hearing that, both Vivian and I are like trained professionals. She works, she's a life coach and she works at mm. USSB. I'm a kindergarten teacher. So we do a lot of this stuff already. We know how to receive these comments. Mm. So they're very heavy comments, but that's what keeps us going every single Sunday yeah. when we're just extremely tired we know we're doing a service for the community. And that's, yeah. that's, that's the driving force. It's not, it's not the money for me. It's providing a space and providing an experience mm -hmm. for anyone that comes to brunch. And hearing people come to me and say like, this is probably one of the best times that I've had this week 
or in my life. I'm like, in your life? That's a <laughs> statement. And it was like, no, in my life. And I'm not kidding. Me and you has changed this about me. Me and you has encouraged me to do this with my family, with my friends, with my boyfriend, with my girlfriend, whatever. Like it has challenged me to open myself up and to see that like joy is possible. Yeah. You know, when you come to Glitter Bunch, you are carrying all of the things that you've are experiencing right now in your life, right? You're carrying that to Glitter Bunch. What I have heard people say is that all of that dis- disappears and I just feel joy in my yeah. life. This is where I feel joy. I was like, that that, that goes even beyond happiness to me. So that's yeah. an inward job that you have done in this setting for about an hour and a half. You pulled out something that you didn't think that you were able to experience in a moment and you pull that out for about an hour and a half with us. And that changes the game for me. Our, our brunch is different from a lot of other brunches because our focus is not us. Yeah, It's not about the Queens for, for, for Angel and I. I can only speak for myself, but having conversations with her, she feels the same way. Um, it's not about us. Yeah. It's not just about us. We know that we're the entertainment, but the thing is, our focus has always been on our, on our audience. Are you having a good time? Mm-hmm. And if you're not owning that, right? It's not about us making you feel anything. It's about you owning yourself enough to know that you get to choose joy in this space. You get to juice happiness in this space. Yeah. And so when we talk to people, like we have this one little rule and that rule is to have fun. And if you don't have fun, we say, what? It's your own damn fault. (laughs) (laughs) As previously expressed, the COVID-19 pandemic impacted businesses here in Santa Barbara. And for LGBTQ plus people, the bars that acted as community centers were upended, leaving patrons and performers to find new ways to gather socially and express their art. Well, the the transition was very fast and very abrupt. And it was almost like get with the system or get lost in it because we were all doing virtual stuff online through Instagram, through Twitch, through other, you know, platforms to just share our art form of drag because that's all, all, all we could do during this pandemic when we were all home doing nothing. And then to transition out of it where we had to, you know, wear masks while performing. And then now where, you know, we're kind of leaning back to where we're kind of going back to normal again. It's, it, it's a weird transition because you do kind of have to go with the punches and Again, you'll, you'll get lost if you don't. That's Pam Cakes, drag performer, host, producer, and self-described visual stimulant. Yeah, I, I do a lot of events in, in Santa Barbara. I started working a lot at Wildcat Lounge. I started doing drag mm-hmm. a lot of Monday nights. So that was like three years ago, I would say. Then leading towards post-pandemic, they started their brunches, and I started working there a lot too with you know the local drag queens here and i also collabed with crush bar to create a new drag show a nighttime uh, drag show that's more intimate more relaxed but still gay enough to have fun you know what is community without gathering and what is gathering without a space to do so in the wide selection of various bars in santa barbara there is only one specifically deemed an lgbtq plus space Crush Bar and Tap. Like many spaces present for LGBTQ plus people, Crush Bar and Tap was a product of the human need to gather, a need exasperated by the pandemic. 
when we were like first planning to open up and everything uh, me and all my staff were getting together just drinking getting to know each other a little bit and then we were all complaining about how there's no queer spaces in Santa Barbara and then it kind of dawned on all of us that we were all queer and we just kind of got we're like you guys should we just be a gay bar should we make this space and then we just decided to fully go dive into it and then create the space that we've all been longing for over the last like years however long and the love and t support we've gotten for it have been so incredible like that's what always makes me so happy to come to work and have this space is that we get to be there for the community in a place where we it's been needed it's been asked for and we get to be that space that's zachary feld co-owner and manager of crush bar and tap Beyond business and monetary motivations, Crush Bar and Tap's mission is simple but purposeful. Provide a safe space for queer and marginalized communities to enjoy local beverages, snacks, and entertainment. Brianna Cromer, Crush Bar's event manager and social media coordinator, expands on this mission. We don't have any full-time gay bars in Santa Barbara, so of course it's just being there as that space seven days a week. Um, but I think additionally, um, for me personally, like planning the events, we sometimes want to sit there and have a paint and sip and have a gay paint and sip, you know, and it's like, you know, or have like a queer movie night or, you know, it's like, or I want to be able to go on a date with my girlfriend and be able to sit there and hold hands and not feel like, oh, is somebody looking at us? Do I have to not kiss her? Like, you know? We didn't, never really wanted to be a club, but we definitely want to, be, to have that capability to transform it into a space where people can dance and it can be a crazy show and a crazy night of events. Well, also there are the other nights where you can have like a sit, sit back and relax type of night, be able to do some painting and sipping, you know, just be able to leisurely enjoy the, a glass of wine while not feeling like you're bumping into other people. And we try to mix it up so that it appeals to all sorts of different people, not just people that want to go out and like dance every night of the week. You know what I mean? With just one space identifiably dedicated to serving LGBTQ plus patrons, demand is still heavy for places to gather with one another. We return to Leighton Jones to discuss at Gay Santa Barbara's transition from digital curation to event planning with the once monthly pop-up gay bar discussing the event's significance to the community. And I do also organize the pop-up gay bar once a month. Mm -hmm. This again was something that um, I had started doing it in a very, very kind of um, small basis before COVID, right mm -hmm. before COVID hit. And then COVID happened, so we were going out for a while. Uh, and then once COVID had um, leveled off, I would say, I don't think it was, but leveled off, um, and people were willing to stop being social again, it's once a month, we take over a, a straight bar in town somewhere, um, uh, about last November was the first one we did. Um, and it really was a way to just say, like, let's all just go out to our meet and, and, yeah. and have a gay bar in town. Um, in addition to the, the activities that happen in a crush at Wildcat, not to yeah. like make it that there is activity happening in town. And the first one we did was at the sports one on state street, uh, by the Granada. And um, I expected there to be like 15 people there that night. And we ended up having like 80 people the first one at. So That's awesome. um, it was definitely um, a surprise to me. I didn't expect that much of a turnout. We're now up to about 120, 130 people. Um, that's how much we had last month. So um, clearly um, there's a need. This is on a Wednesday night too. So not necessarily yeah. the, the greatest night for a night out at a bar. 
Um, but people uh, clearly want that kind of social interaction, that social community. We're bringing 120, 30 people out to a bar on a Wednesday night with, with they would usually have maybe five people on that Wednesday night. Right. So that's the bars now contact me and they're like, we want to host this. How can we do it? What, we, what can we do with you? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it definitely is, a. Uh, I've had zero negative reaction from any bar of approach that was to in fact, the opposite there thrilled. I'll tell you a story of my first pride. Maybe I'll go way back. You know, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. I, I didn't come out till fairly later in life. Um, I was about 30 when I came out and, um, I remember the first pride parade I came out to when I was, uh, I went to when I came out, um, it was, it was just a very emotional experience for me. Like I had grown up in a very religious family in a very religious upbringing and didn't really know any gay people, or at least wasn't aware that I knew any gay people when I was growing up and, um, seeing that many people just celebrating their, their identity, their sexual orientation, their, um, uh, and celebrating it with joy, um, was very emotional to me. So I think at, you know, those of us who've been out for a while, uh, I think don't necessarily we've forgotten that, right. That, 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 that it's really important for people at city, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of us around that feel the same way, or at least have similar kind of, um, uh, perspective on life, right. Even though we're all different as a myriad of experiences in the gay community, um, fundamentally, we all have that basis of feeling a little bit different from, mm. from our community that we grew up in, from our families that we grew up in potentially. Um, and being able to get with the group of people that um, we can celebrate that um, is is more important than I think some of us who have been around a while appreciate. It's good to kind of, especially as we're entering Pride Month. So. And as Pride Month continues, KCSBFM will continue to highlight Santa Barbara's LGBTQ community. Thank you so much for listening to episode one of our limited series, Pride of Place Santa Barbara. New episodes of this series will air every Thursday on KCSBFM 91.9 at 5 p.m. and will be released on our streaming platforms wherever you get your podcasts. For more information on this series and for archived episodes, you can always visit kcsb.org forward slash pride dash of dash place forward slash. Our theme music for this series are Constant Disco and Groovy by Diala. A special thanks to the voices featured on today's episode, Leighton Jones, Vivian Storm, Angel Demon, Pam Cakes, Zachary Feld, and Brianna Cromer. And look forward to the voices to come. Uh, it's, it's most important to have just a perfect musical product at the highest level. In a community group, you want to produce the best music you can, but it's also important that the process be one that really is very inclusive, where everyone is having fun, right? Because they're not getting paid to sing. What is important to also remember about the history of Santa Barbara and Santa Barbara today, the way it's mm-hmm. marketed as a tourist, you know, American Riviera, mm-hmm. you know, this idyllic Spanish colonial town, is to also remember that Santa Barbara was um, a place of intentional living. Yeah. What we would call like communes and artists and yeah. You know, a lot of progressive visions um, coming out, questioning heterosexual family and living in family formations. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in digging into that history of Santa Barbara. 
So it really does depend on the blood, sweat, and tears of professors that are passionate uh, and invested uh, in this topic and keeping that presence on campus. And then always and everywhere, the waves of generations of students uh, that come to this campus. And we've always had uh, a really diverse and fierce queer and trans community on campus. And that is no different 2022. I know people who are like, I only wear the clothes I like to wear here and home and nowhere else on campus. And I'm like, that's yeah. fair because it's scary. There was no represent representation for trans and non-binary students, um, Black trans and non-binary students on this campus. This is a big gap yeah. <laughs> and it's a glaring gap yeah. and we have to fill it. Remember, you have been listening to Pride of Place Santa Barbara right here on KCSB-FM 91.9. Take care and take pride. <laughs>